Hello, food world. It's Robert Crutchfield, your favorite foodie friend, Crutchfield Cooks, here with another episode of Crutchfield Cooks, the podcast. Today, we're going to talk about something that I've always been kind of a little interested in, but never knew a whole heck about. It's been around for a while, but still has a, a pretty decent future. And that's the whole science of hydroponics, which is a way of growing plants, including food crops, without dirt. So Adam Cohen, who knows a lot more about it than I do, is going to come in and tell us all about it. Let's get to it. We're here with Andrew Cohen, and we're talking hydroponics, something Adam I Cohen. myself. Robert, my name is Adam. Adam. Adam Cohen. Sorry. We're talking about hydro hydroponics, something that uh, I've heard a scant amount about here and there over the years, but Adam's here to fill us in more fully. So uh, why don't you just start by filling us in on your own background and, and how you got into the whole hydroponics thing? Absolutely. So first off, thanks for having me here. My background has been, it's been a very circular route to get to where I am. My, I started with a degree in biology from Texas A&M and with an interest in actually farming fish. Fast forward a few years and I was teaching school at a small private school in Dallas. I had some very gifted kids who were bored. So we did some research and we built our first aquaponics system in an old broom closet. And then from there, I started going to some, some local groups and meetings here in the Dallas area and kind of got thrown into teaching everybody about aquaponics, which was interesting because I literally knew nothing more than what the, the people that were coming to the meetings. So, but you know, what, what every other teacher says is, you know, if you don't know it, just teach it and you'll figure it out along the way. So from there, I opened up a, a an educational business. We taught people how to build systems, how to grow various types of plants. And I opened up a, a small aquaponic farm here just south of Dallas, Fort Worth. We grew lettuce, greens, sold them at farmer's market and, and to a few restaurants. Then I started dabbling in hydroponics. I found that aquaponics, while it has a really good story, you don't get the, the high level commercial production that you do from hydroponics. There's also a lot more moving pieces to keep track of. So with hydroponics, we were able to get better production with less labor, less inputs. And I just kind of really enjoy it because it's simple and straightforward. There's not a plant yet that I've found that doesn't grow exceedingly well in hydroponics. And it's kind of fun. From there, I left that and spent much of the last three years, three and a half years growing gourmet mushrooms. I recently split from my partner in that business and now I'm looking to get back into hydroponics as well as continue teaching. So that's kind of where I am these days. For people that are unfamiliar with the term, can you go into a little bit of the basics of hydroponics and exactly, you know, what is it we're talking about for the people that are confused at the moment? Absolutely. So plants uptake essential nutrients from their environment. So in traditional agriculture, it's in the soil. In hydroponics, it is a liquid nutrient solution. It's a, a water-based nutrient solution. 
hydroponics is basically a very broad method or term for growing all plants without soil. All of the essential nutrients come from that liquid solution. So there are a myriad of different ways to grow using hydroponics. There's raft technology. There's long tubes that are called the nutrient film technique. There's media beds. There's bucket systems. There's drip irrigation. There's uh, aeroponics. There's vertical farms. I mean, it's, it's a very wide open thing, but it basically boils down to just no soil and all of the nutrient for the plants comes from that, that liquid solution. Does, does the lack of soil and the use of the hydroponic solution in the place of it, does that affect the amount of space that you need or anything like that? It does actually in a very positive way. You can, you can actually grow plants at a much higher density and you can, you can do things that you wouldn't be able to do if you were growing in soil. Since we control the entire environment in a hydroponic system, there are no weeds. There are fewer, no, I can't say there's none, but there are fewer pests, insects and such than outside on, on soil-based crops or even soil-based crops in a greenhouse. But mostly it's the density. You can, when I was growing hydroponic lettuce at my farm here in Dallas, we were, we were growing in full heads of lettuce in a two foot by four foot raft. So super high density. We, we had troughs that were eight foot across and a hundred foot long. So I had what a hundred rafts in that, in that system with 18 to 36 plants per raft. And it was just a constant conveyor belt of production ready to harvest every week. In Texas, we get good light for most of the year. So whether it was middle of December or the middle of July, we were harvesting lettuce between three and four weeks from transplanting into the wraps. So they lived in our, in our uh, nursery transplant area for two and a half to three weeks. But once we transplanted them into the grow out, anywhere from 21 to 28 days was what we were getting for full harvest. And so we were, we were churning out lettuce left and right, and it was most beautiful, sweet tasting lettuce you've ever had. I'll guarantee it. How does the, the cost of doing business compare to old school dirt farming type farming? I mean, obviously all your nutrients and everything are coming through the solution, but does the, uh, the density you're talking about, does that eat back away at the cost of it or how does that work exactly? So the the problem with hydroponics in a lot of ways is is that upfront capital cost if you want to go you know if you want to go till a couple hundred foot of bed and grow some lettuce if you do that in soil you need you know you go borrow a, a tractor or, or a little walk behind plow and you till up the soil you plant seed put it put down some irrigation and you're out a couple hundred bucks to do hydroponics on that same scale it's significantly more expensive because you have to build an environment. So there is definitely a bigger capital upfront cost of hydroponics, but that infrastructure that you build is, is stable for 15, 20, 30 years. Sometimes older hydroponic systems, the older methodology was to run the system, run the solution through the system a set number of times, and then dump it out, out of the facility and start with new nutrients. 
and that was very wasteful and that was very expensive. Newer methods entail kind of topping off and just managing your nutrient solutions. So you actually waste almost no water and your nutrient uptake is, is managed on a weekly basis. So you just put back in what the plants are using. So it's, it's super efficient and your operational costs are a lot less. So in terms of profitability, you, you get money back because your labor is significantly reduced without the weed pressure, with the higher density of propagation and growing, you can do, you can do a lot more work and harvest a lot more product with a lot less hands on the farm. So there's that. And then there's also the ability to grow crops out of season since you're in a controlled environment. Most of the times you can grow strawberries in December or tomatoes. And you can grow crops out of season that allow you to get a much higher retail price than you would normally. So okay, there's so a lot of benefits. Go ahead. The, the system, these systems that you talk about, are these are these undercover or are they out in the, out in the elements? Most hydroponic systems are within some type of structure. A greenhouse is probably the most typical, but the the rise of vertical farms and urban farms are bringing a lot of hydroponic systems to the urban area indoors where they are temperature controlled, where they have lighting, artificial lighting on cycle timers and such so that every aspect of the environment can be controlled. You could even talk about, you know, the, the cannabis and the CBD farms that are growing under extreme environmental control in an utterly controlled space. For food production, though, the majority of hydroponics is done with which, of course, goes back to what you were saying a minute ago about the capital costs being higher. It's mm -hmm. not just the cost of the system itself, but you have to house the system and what it is you're growing, as opposed to dirt farming, where you just, like you, like you were even saying, you, 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 buy, you borrow or, or rent a tractor and you just kind of go out there and have at it. Absolutely. It it's definitely something that you have to put some forethought into. I've seen a number of people that have tried to just jump into hydroponics and they've dumped a whole bunch of money into the system, but they didn't really know how to manage the nutrients, how to manage the crops, how to balance things back and forth. And they ended up just kind of being a flash in the pan. They were really cool. And then they just faded away. And that's the unfortunate thing that that's one of a series of reasons that has kind of tarnished hydroponics and, and aquaponics in, in a lot of farmers' eyes. Personally, I don't think that any one method, soil, hydroponic, aquaponic, anything is the singular answer. I think the best answer for a farmer to do is based on where they are, what their goals are, what the crop is, and, and just a whole series of things. Just because you get an extra month or three of growing season, or you get an extra five or 10% or even more sometimes of harvest, the ease of growing in soil is sometimes the trump card. I mean, that I see hydroponics as being a way to bring food back into the urban environment because hydroponics, you can take over a parking lot or an old warehouse. You can take space that could not be used for traditional agriculture and you can turn it into a food production area. If you have good quality soil, 
have at it. I've, I've always suggested that people use soil if they have the abilities. It's easier, cheaper, and it's fun to walk around the plants and with your feet in the dirt. But if you're in an area where you don't have good quality soil, you have rocks, you have, you know, all of that. If you're in the urban area and you've got rooftops or abandoned warehouses or concrete fields, then there are other options that allow you to the same level of production. Sure, absolutely. You talked about, in particular, marketing what you grew through the farmer's markets. Did you find that people were specifically looking for hydroponically grown things or was it not really a thing or? People usually had strong opinions. And a lot of the times when we would have people come up and they'd look at our lettuce and they'd say it was gorgeous. And we'd say, yes, it was grown using aquaponics or grown using hydroponics. And they'd kind of stop and look at us. And it was in that moment that people would either reach down and grab a second one or they'd put the one in their hand down and walk away. The word hydroponics has a, a fear factor for some people. They think of the movies and they see the, the lab techs and the white coats and the sterile environments. And they think that it's not real, that it's fake, that, you know, it's just, it's not as good. We sold living lettuce with the roots on. We had customers who would come back and let us know that, you know, with the roots on in their refrigerator, a head of lettuce would last for three weeks you know, before it even started to wilt. We sold our lettuce at $4 a head and we would sell out faster than the guy two stalls down that sold it for $2 a head grown in his field. It's, it's a marketing issue. You, you have to educate your, your consumer, your customer on the value of the crop and the value of how it's grown. Most of our clientele that, that bought from us regularly, they liked the fact that we were five miles from the farmer's market. They liked the fact that they knew us personally. They could come out to the farm and, and see it. We did public visitation and, and tour days. And they liked they liked the the product. We didn't have any bug holes. We didn't, you know, it, it was pretty. The the farmer's lettuce from the field had rips and chews on it and you know, the leaves were broken from the wind. It just it's it's as much being able to market your product as anything else. So we did see some fear factor from, from the word hydroponics, but we, with our education and, and our outreach on that, it, that disappeared after a while. I think the education part of it kind of hits the nail on the head because my perception of the situation, at least the fear factor comes from unfamiliarity and unfamiliarity breeds all kinds of misconceptions about what exactly is in that solution. And I think it's important mm -hmm. for people to understand there's nothing in that solution that is not in traditional dirt grown plants, whether they be vegetables or ornamentals or whatever they can do. It's just a different delivery mechanism. Exactly. Exactly. Well said. I think, I think a lot of that is people just fear what they don't know. Mm -hmm. We've touched a couple of times on the whole vertical farming thing, which is something that, uh, even some grocery stores are looking into mm -hmm. as far as doing vertical farming in their produce departments so that they're constantly growing their own stock. And not only is it fresher, but theoretically, if they do it correctly, they don't, they don't run out. Mm -hmm. They're always growing more. <laughs> Can you touch That's a little true. bit on the, uh, 
can you expand a little bit more rather on the whole vertical farming idea and how that does and doesn't relate to hydroponics in general? Absolutely. So, so most of the vertical farms that you're hearing about in the news, you know, there, you hear about the companies all the time. It's there's bright farms and there's a half dozen others that are rapidly and aggressively expanding through grocery stores and other commercial partnerships. They are all hydroponic facilities. So they're using vertical techniques. So they're using primarily towers. Some are using trays in rack, but most of them are using towers where in a single square foot of ground space that a soil farmer could grow, you know, two, two, maybe four heads of lettuce in that square foot of ground space, you have a tower that goes up sometimes eight, sometimes 15, sometimes 30 feet tall with plants every six inches. So these are extremely complicated, highly automated greenhouses that have environmental controls for every conceivable factor from humidity, temperature, CO2 levels, lighting, just, just everything you can imagine. And they are extremely expensive to operate. So vertical farms, and this is just my opinion on the factor, they are the new, the new sexy in agriculture. They're, that's where. That's where venture capitalists are wanting to put their money and it's, it's the new buzzword. There are new farms going online every month and quietly there are older farms that are going and shutting their doors nearly every month. They're good options and they're good facilities, but the crops are, you're producing so much in such a small locality that you have to have your distribution channels done. That's why putting them with grocery stores works so well because it's a ready-made distribution channel for that. Actually here in Dallas, there's one about 40 miles west of my house that is located right across the street from a Walmart distribution. And that was why they built there was the initial plan was everything they grew would go straight into Walmart. So they're good ideas. They just if a hydroponic system is expensive to start off with, these vertical farms and such are well, that by a factor of a hundred. They're, they're so much more expensive than just putting up a hoop house and a raft system. Those look downright affordable in comparison. So about coming to the end here, but before we go for sure, can you give us a little bit about what do you think is the future? in hydroponics is it is it something that's evolving constantly still is it something that's growing i definitely think that the the industry is evolving I think the industry is going more towards full environmental management with with lighting temperature airflow humidity all of that i think we're going to see more hydroponic facilities move out of the low-tech greenhouse and into the, the very high-tech automated greenhouse. And I think we're going to see them get a lot bigger. There are a number of companies that have had big greenhouses for a long time, but I think we're going to see a lot more of the vertical farms, a lot more of the integrated production, processing, and distribution facilities as companies vertically integrate so that they can to capture more of those middleman dollars. 
But for the small scale farmer, I honestly think that that's going to be a good thing. As the big farms get bigger, they're going to be competing for those wholesale distribution channels and those USDA, you know, commodity contracts. But for the small scale farmer, you know, like my farm had a, a 20 foot wide by 100 foot long greenhouse, and we were pumping out 300 head of lettuce a week. We had two people that worked the farm. It was me and one other, one other person. They can be set up in a way that is not super labor intensive. They can be set up in a way that they are highly productive. And if you can DIY it in the right way, you can build your own greenhouse, you can build your system and you can cut your, your capital costs significantly. We need more small farms and especially we need more small farms in the urban environment. So I think hydroponics is going to play a major role in bringing the food system back into the, back into our cities, back to where people actually live, but the education on how to do that DIY, how to build the systems, how to manage them, that's going to be the factor that has to grow along with the industry. It's out there, but it's not, it's not as easy to find as you would hope right now. But that's, I think that's where it's going. I, I like the sound of that because it's like I explained to the last fall's White House conference on food hunger and nutrition. Part of the problem is with the so-called food deserts is you got people shopping at Circle K or Family Dollar or, or some of these kind of places where they might be good on consumer packaged goods, but they're very light on things like dairy or fresh fruit and vegetables. Whereas if mm -hmm. we could use a technology like hydroponics to move uh, into some more smaller spaces, empower more community gardens, that sort of thing, that helps resolve that part of the challenge. Mm -hmm. let's, go on the, let's go on the assumption that we've whetted a couple of people's appetites out here if somebody wanted to take a deeper dive into hydroponics, where do they go? What do they do? Well, I mean, if you really want to learn a lot about hydroponics, there, there's a book out there by a gentleman, Howard Resch. It's, it's just called hydroponics. I think it's on its sixth or seventh edition right now. When I taught hydroponics at the community college, that was my textbook. So that's by far one of the best resources to go out and get. There's a few of us that talk about it pretty regularly on Twitter, on LinkedIn and such. So you can find us there. I'm building a YouTube channel right now where I'm putting up a lot of my DIY projects. But YouTube, for all of its faults, YouTube is a great resource. There's a lot of good information there. Admittedly, there is some that is not so great, but there is probably more good than bad when it comes to building and designing systems. Some of the should you use it, that information I wouldn't listen to, but when it comes to actually knowing how a system works or figuring out how to build your own duck buckets or build your own trough systems, those videos are pretty much gold. They're, they're great out there. And that's, that's actually the type of stuff that I'm looking at, at building onto my YouTube channel as I build my, my new farm here on my, on my land. Sounds good. And I want to thank you for your time. I, I think we've done some people some good. You never know. We might be even trying to get you to come back later. Always willing. Just let me know. I don't know about you, but I sure know a lot more about hydroponics than I did 30 minutes ago.
Thank you, Adam, for all that great information and for uh, filling us all in. If you need more food information, I want to invite you to look us up at www.learnmoreeatbetter.com, the website for this podcast. And if that's still not enough, we do occasionally add more information to our blog at www.crutchfieldcooks.com. And even when we don't, there's already over 50 different videos and articles on cooking and food-related information there. Again, uh, the main thing to keep in mind is to keep an eye out for at our podcast is website at www.learnmoreeatbetter.com. Till next time, people.